Fangraphs released their projected standings this week, and boy howdy, do they not think the Rangers are any good at all. On today's show, I'm breaking down why that's hilarious, terribly misinformed, and actually could be a good thing for your Texas Rangers. Talk about all that more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked onto the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the laughable, hilariously bad fan grass projections for this season's standings this episode is brought to you by game time download the game time app create an account and use code locked on for twenty dollars off your first purchase now on wednesday of this week Fangraphs certainly made a decision to release some content that uh i i would have just kept to myself if these were the projections that that my website was releasing because the way they see the aos stacking up and the way they think the rangers are going to finish this season is honestly laughably bad. It is hilarious. I'm not even mad. I'm just laughing. But, like, I actually am just laughing because this is honestly insanely low win projection for a team that literally just won the World Series exactly 100 days ago today as this episode is being released. Now, let's take a look at what Fangrass had to say about your Texas Rangers. Projected win total for the Rangers in 2024... 81.4 wins. I'm sorry. 81 wins? Barely above 500. Actually, 81 would be 500. So, not even... You can't even round up to a above 500 winning record. For a team that just won the World Series and has barely lost any talent going into 2024, the lineup turnover is extremely minimal. It's just Mitch Garver that's gone. That's it. And he's a fine, good player. But it's not like he's a nine-win difference. Jordan Montgomery might be gone. But the Rangers only had him from August on. That's not a nine-win difference, even combined. Now, they did lose a few relievers in Will Smith and the half-season of Chris Stratton and the half-season of Araldis Chapman. And they also lost Martin Perez. But all of that combined is not a loss of nine wins from last year. I don't understand where this is coming from, where this loss projection is coming from. I mean, do they really think the Mariners are going to be that much better? Because they traded for a second baseman who was out of room on a Twins team and also reacquired Mitch Hanniger, who was you know, mediocre at best or because they added uh, Luke Rayleigh. I just don't understand where these wins are coming from. And their World Series odds are honestly, objectively stupid. They're just stupid. 
the Rangers at one point three percent chance to make the world to win the World Series. One point three? What? They have less than a third as good a chance as the Mariners, who have never even been to the World Series in their franchise's history. Not even once. They have barely they have not been the ALCS since what, two thousand and one? The Rangers last year alone won as many playoff series as the Seattle Mariners have in their franchise's history, which goes back to the 1970s. They did it in one year when they won the World Series, something the Mariners have never done. Now, the Astros being projected for 90.7 wins, that's fine. But they have the, the Rangers four wins ahead of the Angels. The Angels! who just lost Shohei Otani, who have a hobbled Mike Trout, who did bring on Ron Washington, but this is still an incredibly young, inexperienced, not great core. The Rangers' 1.3 chance to win the World Series is just barely ahead of the Guardians, who have absolutely no offense to speak of, a bullpen that definitely had some questions, and a starting rotation that is pretty good. But there's no offense there. Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? They have the Blue Jays as more than two times better chance to win the World Series than the Rangers. And they're in an absolute bloodbath of division with five teams that are all going to be trying to make the playoffs and win and have scrappy good teams in the AL East. But no, the Rangers have half as good a chance to make the World Series as the Blue Jays, who've been the definition of mid for decades. When was the last time they even made the ALCS? I honestly cannot remember the last time that the Blue Jays made the ALCS. It'd be one thing if there was a lot of turnover from year to year, but this is basically the exact same team running it back that won it all a hundred days ago. It's the best offense in the American League. It's the deepest offense in the American League. They're getting an entire season of Evan Carter. They're getting maybe an entire season of Wyatt Langford. Or maybe it's 75% of the season. Maybe it's 60%. But even if it's 60%, that probably means they're signing a DH. And that guy's going to be probably pretty good and help improve this lineup. But is every offensive player just going to fall off a cliff? Was every part of the Rangers winning ways last year just completely unsustainable? This is basically the same team for the first half of this year that had such what felt like an insurmountable lead at times in the AL West that was running away with things at, you know, the midpoint of August was when it felt like this thing was pretty much wrapped up before that awful skid in the back half of August. But the Rangers are going to be adding Max Scherzer in, in June. Sometime in July, probably, they'll get Tyler Malley back at August, it feels like, at the latest and then oh yeah at some point in august they're going to get jacob de back probably or maybe it'll be september either way if they have a fully healthy playoff rotation like they're expecting that's the best playoff rotation in baseball as jacob de is your number one who's the best pitcher in baseball when he's on the mound so if he's on the mound he's the best pitcher in baseball and he's better than anybody else's ace plus this insane lineup plus then you have nate evaldi the absolute dog on the mound in game two and then oh by the way in game three you have Max Scherzer 
one of the best pitchers of his era. Oh, and your game four starter is probably going to be Tyler Malley. That is an insanely good rotation. And this bullpen disbelief. I mean, yeah, the Rangers had a historically horrible bullpen last year. But they upgraded it significantly. And it should have been better than it was. I mean, Josh Boyce's expected ERA was almost two runs better than his actual ERA. We also just saw him go nuclear in the postseason, be probably the best reliever in the entire postseason, probably even a little better than Jose LeClerc, who was also absolutely spectacular in that playoff run. And yeah, they did lose Aroldis Chapman, which, you know, our heart palpitations will thank us, hopefully with a little bit less stress from the bullpen in the late innings this year, because they added Dave Robertson, who's been incredibly consistent, incredibly good for the last several years. He has been a steadying force and hopefully will be again for this Rangers bullpen. They also added Kirby Yates on a buy-low deal, who is coming off a pretty solid season. There's not going to be a whole lot of expectations on him. And then they got plenty of other options for guys who could step up. Brock Burke had an incredible 2022, fell off a cliff with the home run ball in 2023, but still has a lot of promise there to be a very good left-handed arm in that pen. They've also got a couple of guys that are that are coming up that I think could be um, pretty solid in the back end of their pen and just make things a little bit better, hopefully a better season from Jonathan Hernandez and a few other guys that definitely have some potential to be at least okay back-end guys. And this offense can out-hit its problems. It's the same offense that did that for you know three-quarters of the year last year and did it to playoff teams in the playoffs. They annihilated good pitching staffs. They annihilated them. Everyone in their way. They destroyed them. They did not lose a single road game in the playoffs. They only lost four games all playoffs long. Only four games in the playoffs. Three of them came in one series. I mean, I don't understand where Fangraphs gets off saying that this team is nine wins worse than last year, even before... Jordan Montgomery has officially signed somewhere else. So there's still potential for that. Coming up, we're going to look at what they said last year, why this bodes well for the Rangers, and why it's so important to establish those expectations early, right after this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. GameTime is the fastest and easiest way to get all the tickets for every kind of event near you. Just last week, I was going to a Dallas Mavericks game, and I was thinking, you know, buying tickets is usually such a hassle. But, you know, it was just the day of, and I was looking at ticket prices on, on game time, and I'm like, this is this is so easy. I mean, they give you all-in views from your seat of, you know, what the ticket is going to look like, what your experience is going to look like while you're there. They give you all-in prices as well, just saying, hey, all right, you know, I know there's going to be some fees sometimes, but just let me know what the fees are up front. So I don't have to guess and say, oh, I'm getting this really great deal. And you get to check out and you see, oh my gosh, these fees, I'm paying twice as much as I thought. Game Time lets you know what the price of the ticket is right there from the app. They give you alerts to all kinds of good deals. They are obsessed with helping make it easy for you to get tickets to everything you want to get your tickets to. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. 
Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Lockdown Sports Day is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find Lockdown Sports Today channel on now on Amazon Fire TV. Now, some people like to learn from their mistakes. I myself like to learn from my mistakes. You know, when I when I mess something up, all you can do is is look back at what you did and say, huh, all right, I goofed that one up. Now let's try not to make that exact same mistake again. However, with these projections, Fangraphs looked at what they did last year and thought, huh, we projected the World Series champion to win 82 games, excuse me, 81.9. We projected them to finish fourth in the AL West. We gave him a 2% shot to win the World Series. Let's double down on that. Let's do it all over again, but worse. With more data, let us not learn from those conclusions. Let us not, you know, alter our input, how we make these decisions, how we calculate these things. Let's just do the same darn thing again, but you know what? Make it worse. But let's just make them finish significantly worse, even though it's the same team, even though we also think that Wyatt Langford is, is going to have like a 780 OPS in his, his first year and be like a two-war player in 80 or 90 games that they're projecting him to be. We think he's going to be great. But everything else is dog water on this team. I, I just, I really just can't comprehend how this team got so much worse, but everybody else allegedly got so much better. I said earlier this week that I really love the Mariners offseason, and I think they got a lot better. And I do. But I don't think they surpassed the Rangers in what they're doing. And also, they have been one of the luckiest teams in terms of pitcher health the last couple of years. They've gotten really, really lucky. Not that I'm wishing any injuries upon anybody at all, but pitchers are fickle beasts. Your arm and shoulder are not built. You were not built to throw a baseball 95 to 100 miles an hour 100 times every five days and also 30 times in your bullpen session in between those five days. That is not a natural arm motion, which is why so many pitchers get hurt and have Tommy Johns or have elbow soreness or have what have you to have them miss a lot of time. And thankfully for the Mariners, they have not had a lot of that. They have an incredibly deep rotation, but the only couple of arm injuries they had have been to guys who you know, were not necessarily expected to factor very highly into their rotation. Outside of Robbie Ray, who initially when they signed him, they thought he was going to be amazing. But basically from the time they signed him, he was dealing with Injuries and also ineffectiveness coming off of that AL Cy Young season, he, he just was not able to sustain that form. Luckily for them, they had plenty of other pitchers that were you know young and, and controllable and cheap and, and healthy and, and pretty darn good that have you know, made up for that. But their starting lineup, I don't know if they're going to get... I, I hope that all of their players are healthy. I, I really do. I, I hope that they are just worse than the Rangers. But the guys who they have signed to improve their lineup... Have had a lot of health injury injury concerns in their careers, Mitch Garver included. And I would love nothing more than for Mitch Garver to have an amazing season because he's a World Series hero and I wish him nothing but the best, except for when he is playing the Rangers. But they also look at, at the Astros team who made two acquisitions this entire offseason. They brought in a closer and they already had a pretty good closer and a pretty good bullpen. They let a few relievers go. 
And they brought in a new backup catcher. And that's going to keep them atop the division? I just, I don't necessarily see it. And also, I think that the Orioles, who just brought in Corbin Burns, are going to be significantly worse than they were this past year when they won 100 games. They're projecting them for 84.7 wins. Uh, how is that team going to be 15 wins worse when they just added a top 10 pitcher in baseball and shored up what was their biggest weakness? And they also added Craig Kimbrell, who's, you know, not his, you know, peak Craig Kimbrell self, but he's a fine closer. He was a fine reliever. I think Phillies fans were a little dramatic of saying that he was absolutely horrible and, you know, couldn't close games and couldn't trust him in any big situation. I think that was incredibly dramatic for the numbers that he was putting up and the performances he was putting up. And the rest of the bullpen's pretty fine and solid. And they're also adding a guy who's going to be he's probably not the rookie that your favorite, but definitely up there in Jackson Holiday in the pretty much consensus top prospect in all of baseball. And all of their young hitters are probably going to get significantly better. I don't understand how that team is 15 wins worse. And the Yankees, who added Juan Soto and a starting pitcher who has been very inconsistent in in, um, in Marcus Stroman, and who's averaged about 130 innings the last couple of years. I'm sorry, that vaults them up to the top of the AL East? I just don't understand it. I really don't understand these projections of, of thinking all these teams who have just shown that they're exceptional, all of them are going to fall off, and, and all of them are going to be you know significantly worse than last year. I mean, what is... What is the point of these projection systems if they're going to be so incredibly wrong and not learn from their mistakes of last year? I mean, I just I still can't wrap my head around this team last year being projected to finish worse than the Angels and, you know, barely above 500, and they ended up winning the World Series. Now I'm not saying that World Series was predictable, and if you said the Rangers were winning the World Series from opening day, you're probably pretty delusional, and I envy your optimism. But even in my most optimistic mind, I thought maybe the ceiling of this team was 95 wins. Their Pythagorean record showed they were about 95-96 win team, and they were, and they did have the talent. And they also made those two big acquisitions at the trade deadline that I didn't see at the beginning of the year. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that they would have been trading for Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery at the deadline, I would have thought, oh, wow. Something has gone horribly wrong for the Mets and horribly right for the Rangers. And uh, that was the case. And that was very nice. And this team did win a World Series. And even at the beginning of October, even though I was saying the Rangers could win the World Series at the beginning of the playoffs, that was mostly fed by delusion because the playoffs are kind of random. But once you've seen a team that can do it and will be coming off the confidence of winning a World Series, it's not just the confidence of having a World Series win right under your belt that literally just happened it's usually respect from teams around the league that kind of fuels everyone wants a, a chance at the champ everybody you know in college football when you've got that number one ranking next to you every team's going to give you your best shot or if you're a, a blue blood or dynasty like in ohio state or in alabama or uh georgia or michigan what, what have you every team's going to give you their best shot and usually when you're the reigning champs you know in major league baseball Teams will give you your best shot, and teams will think projections, media, everyone will think, okay, this team is legit. They literally just won it all, so I'm going to need to see them be bad before I you know, project them to be bad. But that has not been the case for the Rangers this offseason. It has been a case of, oh, well, 
even though even though Atlanta just uh, just won one game in the playoffs after having an amazing regular season, we, we're just saying that was fluky. That's that's never going to happen again. Obviously, the the Braves are the best team in baseball. Or oh no, the Dodgers who have won one World Series, the same amount as the Rangers, same amount as the Braves as well in the last I don't know twenty years. Oh, that that team is actually by far the best in baseball, and I think that's definitely do with the insane amount of acquisitions that the Dodgers made this offseason. But also, you can hold that in one hand and say, the Rangers are champs. They literally just knocked off the their biggest bugaboo to get to the World Series and then won the first ever title in their franchise's history. So obviously they're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. They're returning most of the same team. Maybe they bring back Jordan Montgomery. Maybe they don't. But they're still going to have three pretty darn good additions into their starting rotation at midseason. And I just don't understand why teams aren't viewing the Rangers as the world champs, as the best team in the baseball, as the team that everyone's going to be giving their best shot. I don't think that's the case. In just a second, I'm going to tell you why. That's an incredibly good thing for the Rangers' chances to repeat as champs. Right after this word from our sponsors. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. But if you're wanting to bet on something other than the Super Bowl, we've just been talking about how the Rangers are being disrespected most everywhere in their projections, FanDuel is one of the places that is not disrespecting the Rangers in their chances to repeat as champs. Right now, FanDuel has the 2024 World Series odds for the Rangers repeating as champs as plus 1,200, the fourth excuse me, fifth best odds behind the Dodgers, Braves, Astros, and Yankees. They also have the Rangers as over-under win total at 89.5 wins, which I think is a fantastic place to set that over-under win total because I'm not sure if they're going to go over or under, but I think 89.5 is perfect. I think they go over just slightly, but anyway, you can check out all the kinds of different bets you can make at FanDuel. New customers join today. You'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Shout out to the everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's show, I'll be back talking about five players I think will improve significantly in the 2024 season from what they did last year. Rangers players, to be specific. Now, the Rangers are being clearly disrespected a lot by these fangrass projections, but I wanted to give them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt and, and read some of the reasoning as to why the Rangers will, will be so, 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 so much worse in 24 when they are the reigning world champs. This is a quote from their article talking about the reasoning for the Rangers being so low. They said, quote, As for the Rangers, their challenge will be getting to the playoffs. Three of their top four pitchers will miss the first half of the year, which is impacting their full-season run prevention projection. Their bullpen remains sketchy at best, but if they're still in the thick of, thick of things when Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, and Tyler Malley return, watch out. Our depth charts give that trio 70% of their 17% of their starter innings, but that number might be above 50% by September. Our full year forecast simply can't account for that late season change. Well, yeah, thanks for, for stating pretty much the obvious of, of oh no, we, we, we think this team's going to look a lot different in the second half than the first half. Everybody knows that, but you can't project what this team will look like when they're healthy. I get that predicting what pitchers are going to look back look like when they come back from injury is is difficult but 
you know, you have the kind of general timelines. Tommy John surgery is not as much of a mystery as it was in years past. It happens literally all the time. Almost every starting pitcher goes through it, and it's pretty predictable what they're going to do when they get back. Jacob deGrom is expected to get back in August. It's not like there's been no information, no updates on on his health and, and his return. There there's, hasn't been a whole lot on Tyler Malley's, but there's already been a lot of updates on Max Scherzer's return. It looks like it's, he's going to be back the soonest of everybody, and he's not coming back from Tommy John surgery. He's coming back from surgery on a herniated disc, and he's probably going to be ready before anybody else. But saying this bullpen is is shaky at best, um, excuse me, uh, yeah, sketchy at best. I want to use the exact words there. It's like they didn't see what happened the entire postseason. It's like they haven't looked at the advanced numbers behind what Josh Spores is and why the Raiders have stuck with him for so long, despite him having an ERA of around five. It's like they didn't see what David Robinson just did. I mean, they're projecting basically every pitcher that the Rangers have that pitches more than 60 innings outside of, I think, Max Scherzer and um, Josh Spores they project around like a 3.8 or a 3.9 ERA. And I think everybody who's going to pitch for the Rangers is going to have an ERA above four, including Nathan Eovaldi, who they predict is going to have 170 innings, which also feels kind of insane predicting that. But it's not like these predictions are the be-all, end-all, or the ultimate truth on how good a team is going to do. Obviously, we saw last year that is very much not the case. They had both teams that were in the World Series projected to finish fourth in their own division. And, uh, well, spoiler alert, that didn't happen. Those teams finished higher than fourth in their division. They projected the Diamondbacks for 78.4 wins last year, and they made it all the way to the World Series and uh, g- gave the Rangers a pretty pretty decent shot. Um, not decent enough. Um, maybe too decent for, for my taste. A-, a sweep would have been even nicer. But, hey, I'll take a World Series however I can get it. But there is some good news about bad projections, about lower expectations. This team is coming off a World Series, but I think projections like this and other ones that are expecting the Rangers to either you know, barely scrape into the playoffs, if not miss the playoffs altogether, is that it gives you the greatest gift of being a fan. In my opinion, the most fun time to be a fan of a team is when they are on the rise. When they're on the come up, when you get to legitimately say, hey, nobody believes in my team, but they're really darn good. And I want everybody to know that they're really darn good. The second best time to be a fan, I guess probably actually the best time is is probably after winning your first championship in franchise history. So so scratch that. Yeah, no, the best time is definitely soaking in the post-champagne bliss of the last hundred days of being reigning World Series champs and being like, wow, all you haters are mad. All you haters are dumb. Nobody understands that my team just kicked everybody's butts. Nobody thought it would happen, and it freaking did, and y'all can just suck it. And that's where Rangers fans are right now. They are in the combination of those two places. You get to sit there and say, wow, look at my team. They just did it. They just won it all. They beat the baddies in the Astros. They beat the snot out of the Orioles. They beat the snot out of the Rays. They beat the Diamondbacks. They won a ring. They did the dang thing that nobody thought would happen. Look at us. We're the best. And they also get to look around and say, hey, nobody believes in my team. My team's better than you think it is. And we're going to freaking show you. And that is an incredibly unique 
position to be in. It is absolutely delightful. You to get there and, and be, you know, fake outraged of, oh no, how dare these people not believe in my team? Well, my team believes in my team, and they believe themselves enough to win the dang World Series of, and have highlights of it that I will be watching uh, pretty much every day for, I think, the rest of my natural-born life. And then I think probably even a few days after I die, I, I would like someone to project like in my coffin uh, that Corey Seager home run, just in case I'm, I'm, there's still part of me that's there, uh, just, just for posterity's sake. I, I will never get tired of watching Joe Davis scream, High Drive, it's tied. I'm going to watch it about a billion times the rest of my life. Maybe two billion. I don't know. But it is an absolutely delightful place to be as a fan. To get there and get the best of both worlds. Just like Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus, Rangers fans are getting the best of both worlds. You get to be aggrieved at people disrespecting your team. The absolute gall of somebody to not believe in the amazingness of my Texas Rangers, of your Texas Rangers, of our Texas Rangers? How dare those morons disagree that this team is anything but amazing? And also get to still sit there with your crown being like, hey, look at that ring that literally just happened. Want to see me do it again? Want to see me do it again? Want to see me do it several more times? How much more does my team need to prove to be the greatest, to be respected? Now, I think the third best time to be a fan of a sports team is when you are the villain. When your team is the villain. Not for, you know, having morally objectionable players on your team. Not for, you know, just being rude and annoying and harassing other fan bases. Not for, you know, cheating your way to a championship like, I don't know, some sports team might have done. I, I don't know who. I'm not naming names. <laughs> Houston Astros. Um, but because your team is so good that people are sick of watching your team win, they are tired of watching your team win. Every time your team loses, it is a celebration by the nation. That's the third best time to be a fan of a sports team. And I know a little bit about that because I've been an Alabama football fan since I was a freshman in college in 2012. So. I know a little bit of what that's like. And if the Rangers continue on this tra trajectory, which I think they will, because right now they are the reigning champs, they do have an incredibly good core of hitters that are all going to be here for another three seasons. They're also adding one of the top prospects in all of baseball this season. They've got a guy who, in my opinion, should have finished at least top three in rookie of the year voting in Josh Young. They got little Evan Carter, who's 21 years old and was the number three hitter on a World Series team. They got Corey Seager here for more than another half decade. They've got several more years of Marcus Simeon, I think another half decade of him as well. They're getting back Jacob deGrom at some point, and maybe at some point some of these young pitchers will start being something. But this team could be at the start of a dynasty. It always starts with a championship, kicking off a dynasty in earnest, they got a couple more years under contract of Bruce Bochy, and then we'll see what happens after that. If Bruce Bochy wants to ride into the sunset after a three-peat, I think that'd be just fine with me. Um, but even if he does, even if the Rangers do three-peat, even in 2027, whatever that, yeah, 2026, excuse me, that would be after a three-peat, this team will still probably be set up to be incredibly good for the long haul. So, as a Rangers fan, 
Thank Fangraphs for their crappy projections. Thank them for disrespecting your team. And enjoy the best time to be a fan of any kind of sports team as reigning champs who aren't getting that respect. Because by gosh, this team is going to make people respect them in 2024. And if they don't, they still got that incredible World Series that we will treasure for the rest of time. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.